In today's episode, we're going to talk about print-on-demand platforms, which ones are out there and how they differ, my experience with some, recommendations on how to get started and what to do next. Welcome to Make Money With Your Art. I'm your host, BJ Dell. I'm a freelance artist who took creating art as a hobby and turned it into a full-time business that brings in six figures a year. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you what I've learned along the way to help inspire and motivate other artists like you. So if you want to learn how to turn your creative passion into a successful online business, keep listening. So that's right. Today's episode is all about POD or print on demand. And to be honest, today's show is going to be just a basic introduction. So if you're already doing POD, if you already have stuff on a bunch of different print on demand platforms, you're probably going to be pretty familiar with all the info in today's show. So this is going to be more for anyone that hasn't heard of print on demand before, or maybe they have and they're familiar, but they just don't know where to start since there's so many different options and choices out there. So number one, why print on demand? what makes it so awesome. So we talked about in last week's episode of crossing the streams and how important it is to have multiple streams of income as an artist. And I think honestly, print on demand is that number one stream to consider as an artist. There's so, so many opportunities with print on demand. And there's a couple reasons why this stands out so well. And number one is there's no overhead. So any of these platforms that we talk about today, there's no signup fee for them. You don't have to pay a monthly fee. There's no annual fee. You don't have to come out of pocket at all. Honestly, the only thing that you're going to be investing is your time. The time that it takes to do the designs, the time it takes to upload them, that's it. On the flip side, let's say that you were going to start a t-shirt company from your house. You want to do everything yourself. Think about the investment upfront financially that you're going to have of just ordering all those t-shirt blanks in, then the investment into, you know, making and manufacturing the prints on the t-shirts and then marketing them. And then once they start selling, you're going to have to, you know, ship them out. And that's going to take not only money, but also time and dealing with customer service and emails coming in and, you know, any exchanges or returns that customers have to make. And that's something you don't have to worry about at all with print on demand. So you upload a design to one of these platforms, they handle the payment processing. Once a customer orders it, they handle the printing, the shipping, any follow-up stuff after the sale, you know, returns or exchanges, they're going to do all that. So not only are you not spending money up front, but you're not spending any of that time to kind of deal with the sale, you know, from the point of here to the end. So that's awesome. It frees you up to make more designs. It frees you up to upload more designs to more platforms and focus on other streams of income besides print on demand. It's just so, so many benefits. So why print on demand? That's why, where should you do print on demand? Number one, my main recommendation, my number one platform would be Merch by Amazon because it's Amazon. I mean, everybody's familiar with Amazon. I think everybody pretty much shops on Amazon. It is the absolute biggest online retailer, has the biggest footprint in the e-commerce world, and you cannot beat that organic traffic. So if you want to sign up for Merch by Amazon, if you want to check it out, the website is merch.amazon.com. That's where you sign up for it. That's where you go in and upload your designs and kind of manage your design portfolio. However, that's not the website that people go to buy the products on. They actually just go to amazon.com. So that person sitting at home on their laptop searching for a blender or a TV or, you know, curtains, they're on that exact same website that your products are on. So there's a chance that they could kick over and see one of your products. 
you know, that type of organic traffic you can't pay for and it blows any of the other POG companies out of the water. So that's my number one recommendation. So with Amazon, they focus mainly uh, on clothing products for print on demand. So they've got t-shirts, they've got tank tops, uh, they've got raglans, hoodies, sweatshirts, they got zip up hoodies, pullover hoodies, and then they also have pop sockets. So you gotta have those trendy things in there too. Uh, and as far as that goes with the clothing, they don't have as wide a range as products as some of these other POD companies. Uh, you know, some of these have clocks and they've got, you know, uh, laptop skins and they've got bedspreads and they've got socks and just a crazy amount of products that you can put your designs on. However, because those companies have so many more products, you don't necessarily see an increase in sales over there because there are so more, so many more products on those different platforms. With merch, even though they have less products available, you have that organic traffic of Amazon. That's why you're gonna see bigger sales on Merch by Amazon than you are on some of the other platforms despite having less product styles available to put your designs on. So one of the other ways that Merch uh, differs from some of these other POD platforms is Merch is by invitation only, meaning you have to actually sign up to be invited to it. Once again, going to that merch.amazon.com, you've got to kind of fill out the questionnaire form, send it off and wait for your approval. So as far as getting approved or denied, there's really no rhyme or reason to this. I wish there was an answer, but unfortunately there's not. I've seen people apply who have a degree in graphic design or illustration and have worked at a advertising agency before, have design experience, get denied. Then I've seen a person over here who has absolutely no design experience, no background in art at all, and no background in e-commerce either, and they'll get approved. Like I said, there's really no rhyme or reason to it. So really, once you apply, just kind of cross your fingers and hope for the best. One thing you can do to hopefully improve your chances is when you fill out the form, there are two sections on there where you can link to your artwork portfolio or if you have like a website that you're already selling on, on an e-commerce platform, you can uh, link to those as well. However, I've seen people once again, link to stuff like that and still get denied. So there's no you know foolproof way of making sure that you're gonna get approved. I would just go ahead and try it and hope for the best. Uh, likewise with this, there's no length of time that it takes necessarily to get approved or denied. Personally, when I started out, I think I took uh, three to four months to get approved. And, you know, now there's been people that I've heard in the past few months get approved in, you know, maybe five to seven days. With Merch by Amazon, they did shut down the U.S. Uh, facilities for uh, the coronavirus COVID-19. So I'm sure stuff was kind of backed up during that time. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, back up and going again as far as the approvals go. I know the, you know, the actual facilities are back up. So definitely I would say just try it, fill out the thing to the best of your ability and hope for the best. In the meantime, while you're waiting to hear back from them, that's the time that I would take uh, and kind of do some research. So number one, do your niche research like we talked about in episode two of the podcast. Really kind of laser focus on that end customer, kind of decide who you're making designs for and research that. But then also just research the, uh, the platform in general. Like I said, this show today is just kind of the basic overview, not gonna get into like the real nitty gritty details of it. 
but there's a lot of information out there on the internet, just right at your fingertips. So I'll go ahead and down in the show notes for this show, I'll go ahead and link some YouTube channels where you can get some information from some of the stuff on there might be a little bit dated because you'll see as you get into Merch by Amazon, stuff changes all the time. They're always changing different things and how it works and policies and stuff like that. So some of the stuff might be a little bit outdated, but there's a lot of good content that's still out there. So I would really recommend just kind of preparing yourself during that waiting period as much as you can. So that way, once you get approved, you can kind of hit the ground running and start. So the other thing that uh, Merch by Amazon differs a little bit when compared to other POD companies is they work on what's called a tier system. So when you first start out on Merch by Amazon, everybody starts out at tier 10, meaning that you can only have 10 products listed at once. Some of these other print-on-demand companies, like let's say Redbubble, for instance, you know, you go ahead and start a shop on there. You can list whatever you want right away. You start your shop and start putting products up. You're good to go. There's no tier system. Amazon approaches it a little bit differently. And I know it's kind of frustrating starting out, but at the same time, I think it's a good thing. It's good for Amazon, but it's also good for the sellers. So the thinking behind this is you don't have just somebody throwing up random garbage and logging the search results, uh, you know, somebody that doesn't understand graphic design or typography, you know, this is kind of a vetting process, the way that the tier system works. And it really benefits the people, um, you know, like you listening to this, who are an artist or who have a background in design, who are just wanting to turn that into an income stream instead of somebody that's just doing this kind of willy nilly. And I'll just throw this up on a shirt and it'll look good. So it really kind of clears out that garbage kind of leaves the search results to, um, you know, kind of clean themselves up and lead to more sales, hopefully down the road, just because your stuff's being seen by more people that aren't having to filter through just random trash that's popping up. So like I said, starting out on tier 10, you get 10 total slots. One thing to consider with this is you can only upload one thing a day starting out. So one product a day on tier 10. So if you, like I said, do all the research, get everything ready, and you've got your first 10 designs ready to go when you start, you know, that's going to take you at the minimum 10 days to do because you can only upload one a day starting out. As you start to move up the tiers, they change that and allow you to upload more than one a day as it goes along. This is something that kind of changes with uh, the way Merch by Amazon works and the number per day isn't set. Sometimes they'll drop it. Sometimes they'll raise it. It just really kind of depends on, uh, you know, what's going on in the Merch by Amazon world right there and right then at that time. But that's something to consider when you're starting out is, uh, you know, you're not going to be just throwing up hundreds of designs to start out with, but there is hope you can tear up. And this is how you tear up. Basically you have to have on tier 10, you have to have 10 product sales to tear up to tier 25, as well as having 80% of your slots filled. So to tier up, you always have to have the current sales number of your current tier, plus you have to have 80% of your available slots filled. So with tier 10, got to have those 10 sales, got to have eight products live. Uh, then you'll move up to tier 25. From there, it goes up to tier 100. So let's say you're at tier 100, and then it moves up to 500. To get to tier 500, you need to have 100 product sales, and you need to have 80 slots filled. Even if you have two, three, four, 500 sales, you're not going to tear up until you have those 80 slots filled. 
And then from 500, it goes to 1,000, 2,000, 4,000, 8,000, all the way up to 100,000. And yes, there are people on the 100,000 tier. I do know some of them and it is possible. It's just crazy to think about, you know, selling that many products to reach there. Not only that, but having that many designs live to be able to tear up to there. But it's really a testament to show you how strong sales are and could be on Amazon, uh, you know, for somebody to get up to that tier 100,000, just absolutely crazy and just shows you the possibilities of what the platform can offer if you really kind of focus on it. Uh, the other thing to think about too, as you're in those lower tiers, this used to be the way it is. I'm not sure if it is anymore being in one of the higher tiers. Uh, initially, you didn't have access to all of the products on the lower tiers, as you tiered up, you started to open up like the, the raglans and the tank tops. So starting out, you might just have t-shirts. I'm not sure if they've changed that, if they just opened it to everybody right off the bat. Uh, likewise, there's three different territories for Merch by Amazon. You have the US, you have the European territory, and then Germany. So three different marketplaces that you can sell on. I know initially all three marketplaces weren't open to the tier 10 sellers. That might have changed since too. They might have opened them to everybody. So that I'm not 100% sure with, but uh, the way that your product listings go, considering the different products and the different territories, let's say you've got a design of, of a car, that's your first design up, and it's something for car buyers or whatever, I'm just coming off the top of my head here, uh, but that counts as one design. Each product you put that on is a slot. So let's say you put it on a t-shirt and a raglan, that's gonna count as two of your 10 slots filled. Uh, likewise, for each territory that you put that on, that's going to be a slot. So let's say you do a t-shirt and a raglan in the US, that's two. Germany is two, and the European marketplace is two. So that would be six. Even though it's the same design, each product in each territory counts as a different slot filled. So you can see with the you know people in the 100,000 tier and thinking, oh, how is it possible to have that many designs? Well, if you put your design on every single product and in every single marketplace, those fill up pretty quick. And this is something as you start out with at the beginning, you kind of really have to play it safe and decide, okay, do I want to you know, have this one design up multiple times on multiple products, or do I want to switch this out and, you know, have one design on a t-shirt and then have uh, a different design on a t-shirt and try out the designs rather than trying out the same design just on multiple products. Uh, one of the other things that's awesome and super cool about Merch by Amazon that I absolutely love is that you actually get to set a royalty on a per product basis. So this varies a lot from the different other uh, POD providers, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But when you first list something on Merch by Amazon, kind of the default price that it sets to is $19.99. And you can go ahead and change this. You can raise it, you can lower it. But just to give you an idea of royalties on Merch by Amazon, a $19.99 t-shirt is gonna net you $5.23. So I know some people would look at that and say, okay, well, if they're selling it for 20 and I'm only making five, that's not a whole lot of money. I'm not really making that much. Why am I doing this? I'm providing the artwork. I'm doing the hard part. How is it possible that they make that much more than I do? And honestly, me looking at it, I think that's a really fantastic royalty considering that you don't have to do anything else. You're just uploading it and letting it sit. That's it. Uh, so, you know, you're not printing it. You're not shipping it. You're not dealing with returns or exchanges or anything like that. And that's, I think, one of the best things 
things with print on demand. It's very, very hands off. And for me personally, a 1999 t-shirt making $5 and 23 cents. I'm super cool with that. Uh, the ability though, to change the prices like this really allows you to kind of test out different pricing strategies. And I know a lot of people, this is one of the popular strategies that people do is starting out with a new listing. You decide to make a new t-shirt and you get it listed for the first day. And instead of that 1999, you decide to price it at $13 and seven cents. So at $13 and seven cents, you make absolutely no royalty. That's like the break even point is 1307. Now, of course, this podcast is called Make Money With Your Art. Why would you want to list something and make absolutely no money? Well, the idea here and the idea of you know trying out a pricing strategy is the way that the Amazon algorithm works. So with Amazon and pretty much you know any uh, sales platform like this, when you type in a search, usually the higher ranking uh, item sales come up first. So if uh, a t-shirt sells more than another t-shirt, it's going to come up higher in the ranks. It's going to come up closer to that first page of results than something with no sales or with only a couple sales. And a lot of people approach it like this. Okay. I don't want to make any money right off the bat. Let me sell a few of them to kind of get the ball rolling on the ranking. And then as this starts to sell, it's going to start moving up the ranks. It's going to start moving closer to that first page. And as it moves, then they start to raise the price on it. You could always, you know, raise it up to 1999 and max it out, you know, at the final one, if you wanted to keep it still lower, uh, you know, maybe a 1599 royalty. Let me type that in real quick. Uh, 1599 royalty would give you $2 and 21 cents. Or if you see it selling, you know, really well, you see it selling multiple times a day and you think you can get, you know, 2499 out of it. If you raise it to that, you would get $9 and a penny on the royalties. So some people choose to not make anything, you know, right off the bat for those first few sales and test out that to see if they can get it to rank. So that's something that you have the option to do on Amazon that you don't have the option to do on some of these other platforms. So that's something that I personally like. Another thing that works out really well on Amazon that ties into the niche research is any listing that you do, you get to pick a brand name for each listing. So if you guys aren't familiar with the way brands work on Amazon, just recommend you, you know, hop on to Amazon real quick, typing in something and go into a product page and looking and up at the top, you know, there'll be a blue link to the brand name. You click that, it's going to bring up all the products underneath that brand name. Uh, so this is going to be one of the biggest pluses for designing with niche research in mind. And one of the biggest pluses, I think overall using merch by Amazon. So this allows you to really kind of zero in and brand by your niche. So let's say your name's Randy. I just use all these random, uh, you know, what ifs or hypotheticals. So your name's Randy and you've got a t-shirt of uh, like cycling t-shirt. Cycling is one of your niches. And then you kind of want to branch out and you also do a gardening niche. Well, on these other platforms, you're going to have Randy's t-shirt shop and the person searching for your cycling shirt is going to go there and see the cycling shirt and be like, oh, that's really cool. Well, the person I'm buying for, they, they like t-shirts and I want to buy them more than one cycling t-shirt. So they click on Randy's t-shirt shop. It pulls up and then you see Randy's uh, cycling shirt. You see the gardening shirt. Maybe Randy did a, you know, something about uh, welders over here. And you've got something about like uh, railroad workers over here and, uh, you know, car salesmen over here. And it's just really a, mis a mishmash of different niches on together that once you go into a shop page, it doesn't mesh well. It doesn't read really as a brand. 
flip side of that is if you do this on merch by amazon that cycling shirt you can have cycling shirts by randy as the brand name once you click on that the customer goes to a page that has all of the cycling shirts by randy all there so you know if a customer is interested in a niche they're probably going to be pretty passionate about it or if they're buying for a gift maybe they want more than one gift to give to that person you know they can go to your page and see more stuff and it's going to look a little bit more cohesive having all that stuff together like that on merch by amazon than it is say on redbubble to where it's just all thrown together under one shop name so that really allows you to kind of focus in on niches a little bit more and why niche research is really so important on amazon uh, one thing amazon though is super strict on is copyright and trademark infringement and ip protection stuff like that uh, you got to think amazon is the seller of these you're not the seller so any lawsuits or any copyright claims stuff like that trademark claims that amazon gets they're the ones that's going to be hit by them not you because you're not the seller so they take this stuff really seriously they will throw down that ban hammer pretty quick and terminate your account if you get a lot of you know complaints not only that but once you upload a design you've got to sit and wait for it to get approved so when you're starting out on tier 10 they actually have uh you know humans at merch by amazon that go through and look at them and say okay this one's cool this one's cool this one's not and they'll deny it uh so if you upload something and it's you know uh violating a copyright or a trademark you're gonna get denied, it's not gonna go live, and that's a mark on your account. Likewise, if you put something up and have it slip through the cracks and somebody finds it later or files a, a trademark or copyright claim on it, of course, that's gonna be a mark against your account, and Amazon will terminate your account pretty quick, so definitely play it safe. Uh, Amazon's not the place for any parody stuff either, so if you're thinking about doing any stuff based on like the pop culture zeitgeist type of thing, like right now, doing like Tiger King shirts or anything like that, Amazon's not the place, they uh, play it pretty by the book so i always recommend you know doing trademark checks using uspto.gov is the government website for that or a tm hunt uh, is another website that you can go to to make sure you're in compliance and i really recommend doing that because you would not believe the number of words and phrases that are trademarked that you would not think are trademarked how it's possible that this can be trademarked it would blow your mind so definitely do your research and make sure that you're able to put anything like that on a t-shirt or or on the listing itself. So definitely do your research with that. Uh, one of the other things with Amazon too is they offer adult and youth sizes. And this is important because it used to be before that Amazon had a very strict policy. You could not use profanity. You could not make any drug references. And they did change that and they do allow you to use curse words. You can put drug references, marijuana leaves, stuff like that on there. You can only do that on adult sizes though. So that's something to keep in mind too. You can kind of go blue with some of your designs. You just have to make sure that they're not on youth sizes. Also, uh, when you post designs, they are not up indefinitely. If they sell, you're good to go. They will never come off of Amazon until you delete them. However, if your design is up and it hasn't received any sales within 365 days, Amazon pulls it down. You don't get a mark or anything like that. You can relist it as well, uh, but it just pulls it down. Once again, kind of frees up some of that trash that might clog up the system and the search results, but you're always free to relist it. 
The 365 thing, uh, day thing is awesome though, because it used to be 90, and I think before that it might even been 60. They change stuff so often I can't even keep track of it anymore. But uh, you know, 90 days was crazy because every three months you were going through and okay, well I've got to change this one or I've got to relist this one and okay, this one sold in the t-shirt, but it didn't sell in the hoodie. So now I've got to relist the hoodie. So there was a lot of back and forth with relisting when now having that full year to get the first sale is definitely a win, I think for everybody. But uh, so with all these platforms, really knowing how to use keywords and writing the title and how to just make the listing overall is super important. And Honestly, I could cover this in multiple episodes alone and some I'm probably going to cover in some later episodes. But once again, there's already a ton of information out there about this. So definitely check those show notes, learn how to do keywords, learn how to do the titles, learn how to do the listings. That is as big of a piece of the puzzle, getting your stuff seen as a good design is. So definitely use all the information that's out there put it to use, do all the research before you get approved. So that way you're ready to hit the ground running once you get that approval. So that's pretty much it for merch. Like I said, I could devote like the next 20 episodes to merch, but let's move on to the next platform, which is Redbubble. So another print on demand platform. Redbubble's cool because they have a super wide range of products. So they're the places like I was talking about before that have the clocks and the bedspreads, the duvet covers, the... The wall art, the you know laptop skins, just absolutely everything you can imagine they've got. Now that's one thing that I think is kind of a hindrance sometimes is a lot of sellers get on here to Redbubble and they just wanna put something on absolutely every single product, especially because the way that their listings go, once you upload the design, it goes in and just kind of auto fills all the products and you can see what it's available on. And let's be honest, some you know designs, they might look good on a t-shirt, uh, Redbubble, offers like leggings and skirts and dresses and sometimes your design for your t-shirt is not going to look good on you know skirts or leggings or dresses so you kind of really have to decide what products kind of justify having your design on them and just not throw them on everything so that kind of adds in some time to kind of you know fleshing out exactly okay i want this here and here but not here and kind of streamlining the process so there's a lot of options available but at the same time it can be almost overwhelming when you have to go in there and set it up at the same time as a customer it can be overwhelming when someone puts it on too many different things i see a lot of cluttered shops like that that just there's just so many different options that you can have this stuff on and it just kind of gets overwhelming for the customer which is just really crazy uh, redbubble you can select your royalty rates. However, it's not like Amazon. It's not going through and saying, okay, on this t-shirt, I want the royalty to be this. On this t-shirt, I want it to be this. It's basically across every product in your shop. So you get to pick the royalty rate as a percentage based on the product. So let's say all t-shirts are a 20% royalty. All you know uh, stickers are 110% royalty. You can pick it by the product. You just can't pick it by the individual listing, which like I said, you can't play that game. Like we talked about with merch by Amazon of playing, you know, around with the pricing and trying to affect your ranking and stuff like that. But at least they do give you the availability to kind of play around and, and affect that percentage. 
So the uh, other thing that Redbubble does is, like I said, with uh, Randy's shop, is it doesn't allow you to effectively focus on the niches because it's just going to give you one overall shop name. So Randy's t-shirt shop, they go there, they're going to see every single thing that you have. And I know a lot of people that uh, do print on demand, they do merch by Amazon, and they you know are big on the multiple streams of income. So they put every single... Uh, design that they have up on merch over on to Redbubble. And for me, I, I just think that's crazy just because, like I said, next thing you know, you're going to be going to a t-shirt shop on Redbubble with, you know, five, six, seven thousand listings on it that it just doesn't make sense because nobody's going to go through and actually, you know, look at the shop name. They're going to have to actually type in the individual words to find your exact shirt. And let's be honest, when people are going to do that, they're probably going to do it on Amazon first. So that's why I don't really like the way that Redbubble set up. Uh, but let's be honest, all the other print-on-demand platforms are pretty much set up like that. They don't allow you to select your brand name or your shop name on an individual basis. Uh, also, I think Redbubble is better for like artists wanting to do artsy stuff. So I've talked before about how it's important to design for your niche, how it's important to do niche research. And you can't really as an artist, I think uh, effectively and, you know, consistently just draw cool stuff and sell it because it's cool stuff. Of course, you can do that once you get a name behind yourself. If you, you know, have a super huge rabid fan base and following on social media. Uh, but for the most part, that's why I, tend to focus just on designing for that end customer and design for the niche. Redbubble though, it's a little bit more artsy, so you can get away with, you know, drawing the cool stuff like, oh, I want to do this like futuristic, you know, my title, futuristic, like dripping astronaut skull face galaxy, whatever. You know, somebody on Redbubble might look at that or find that um, on Amazon. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit harder to find that just because there's going to be so many other search results that tie into that. So Redbubble definitely is the place to try out your more artsy stuff that might not get the chance to be seen over on Amazon. And it's decent traffic, but honestly, it's nowhere near Amazon. I think Redbubble, there's people familiar with it. Uh, people have heard about it before, but you know, if you would stop nine people on the street and ask them if they've heard about Amazon, probably nine out of nine will say yes. Ask about Redbubble and maybe one or two of them have, if that. So that's why Amazon gets the number one ranking. Uh, next one up is TeePublic. Uh, much like Redbubble, wide range of products, not quite as many as Redbubble, uh, but still a ton more than Amazon offers. Uh, the problem that I have with TeePublic, number one, like I said, shop name is your shop name. You can't niche down. It's going to look really cluttered, but they basically set the prices for you. You have no way of affecting the individual listings like on Amazon, nor do you have a way to affect the overall royalties across your shop, like on Redbubble. So basically if you sell a basic t-shirt on TeePublic, you get $4 in a royalty. That's it. It doesn't, have anything to do with you. It's we give you $4. Likewise, TeePublic is famous and really likes to do sales. They're famous for their sales. They constantly run sales. They'll send out emails about sales. And I think a lot of repeat customers know, okay, hey, 
they run sales a lot. I'm going to wait until this stuff goes on sale. And as an artist, you have no way to opt in, opt out. If you're selling on their platform and they put a sale on it's site wide, your stuff is going to go on sale. So that $4 royalty on a basic t-shirt then drops down to $2 during the sale. And I know there's been some concerns brought up and the, you know, higher ups will get out there and start talking and say, Hey, we've run the numbers before we see an increase in overall sales when we run these sales. So as an artist, yeah, we, we drop the royalties because we're not getting paid as much, but you should be happy because you're getting more sales. We have, you know, the numbers to back it up. And I understand that and it's going to increase sales, but when royalties are cut in half during a sale, are you going to sell twice as many t-shirts to make up for it? And if you are, I mean, what's the point? You know, I, it's just crazy that you would have to sell twice as many to make the exact same amount. So that's personally kind of my turnoff for T public and why you kind of need to decide, okay, is this for me? Is it not for me? It's up to you. Uh, also, like I said, all the products under one shop can't effectively focus on the niches. So, and there's so many other sites out there that, you know, kind of have the same thing with them. So Zazzle, Society6, there's Teespring, Sunfrog, Threadless. I mean, there's so many different POD platforms out there like, you know, Merch and uh, Redbubble and Public. So definitely do your research, decide, you know, if one might be better for you than the other. Uh, and then there's also different POD platforms that work as drop shippers that can fulfill orders. So these are places like Printful or Printer, uh, Printify or Guten. And what they do is they basically integrate with another website. So those three that I just listed, they integrate with Etsy or say you have a Shopify store. So people will go to your Etsy listing, see a shirt, they'll order it through Etsy, but it's not you sending out the shirt. It's actually say Printful or Printify. They basically get the order when it comes through from Etsy. You'll get the email from Etsy saying, hey, this person ordered this. Printful or Printify also gets the order saying, hey, this person orders this. And then they basically print it out and they ship it out for you. Just kind of like, you know, merch by Amazon. Uh, the only problem with this and the part that I really don't like is that you're not really controlling the printing or the shipping. Of course, merch by Amazon, you're not either. But at the same time, your name's not linked to that. That's not technically, you know, your shop, your store. You're not the seller on Etsy. You are the seller. So if one of these companies messes up the order, if it's late, if it's delayed, if they send the wrong thing, it comes back on you and it makes you look bad. And let's be honest, it's kind of out of your hands. You don't really have anything to do with it. Uh, short of, you know, you can follow up with the customer, apologize, make it right. But once again, then you're adding on that element of customer service, which takes a ton of time, time that you could be, you know, designing and uploading and doing other stuff. Uh, so that's why I kind of steer away from that. I I've tried it out before. I have done some integration with Etsy and, uh, just kind of let it fall off, uh, deleted listings and didn't renew them. And, it just is something that I personally don't use anymore. I know a lot of people that do a lot of people that are successful with it. But like I said, uh, just dealing with that. What if, uh, when you're dealing with another company kind of fulfilling your orders and the possibility of you, you know, looking bad to the customer or getting negative reviews based on something that they screw up on just kind of turns me off and is the reason why I haven't, you know, approached it or continued it any longer. But 
just all the different things we've talked about today. Of course, there's so many different options out there. And I think this is where people get overwhelmed. A lot of people are really passionate about their designs and think, oh, this design is awesome. So I'm going to research every single print on demand platform there is and just submit it everywhere. And then it starts this whole obsessive compulsive thing of just trying to, you know, have as many quote unquote streams of income coming in. Cause I've got this on merch and Redbubble and T public and Teespring and Sunfrog. And, and like I said, with uh, last week's episode, I don't consider those multiple streams of income. I consider those multiple sources into a single stream, uh, just because it is all print on demand. Uh, so, you know, even if you do get a sale from say Sunfrog and you get a, you know, $3 royalty that might come once every three or four months. Is it really worth, you know, taking the time and the effort to put up, you know, dozens or hundreds or even thousands of designs across multiple platforms. That's really where the testing comes in. That's where you've got to kind of see what works for you, uh, what platform kind of resonates with your buyer and don't feel like you have to list everywhere, you know, take it slow, just test some here, test some there, figure out what's bringing in the sales, what you can change, and then feel free to drop a platform and move over to another one just to see exactly what you have success with. Personally, for me, like I said, Merch by Amazon's my main POD focus, but like we talked about before too, I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket. That's why, uh, like I said, I don't consider, you know, merch a total stream of income i consider the whole pod platform between my merch for redbubble and everything else that whole stream uh, just because with merch they shut down during the uh, the covid 19 and the coronavirus pandemic and you know it was what five weeks they were out and merch is something that brings in thousands and thousands of dollars a month and it went away and you know if you consider that you just need to know and realize I've got to use as many of these places as possible without overdoing it, without, you know, burning myself out and with looking at other options. And speaking of other options, that's what we're going to talk about in next week's episode. Going to bring up another merch or another Amazon platform that you can use, and that's KDP or Kindle Direct Publishing. Uh, definitely a awesome, awesome stream of income. If you guys have watched my YouTube channel, I've talked about it on there before. Making coloring books for KDP. You can also slap your artwork on journal covers. There's a lot of different things to do. And that's really like what I want to do with this podcast is just open up some more eyes to all the possibilities that are out there and see exactly, you know, what you guys could be doing to make money with your art. One thing to wrap this up real quick though, because I know a lot of people have questions about some of the nitty gritty details. One thing to remember with print on demand is this is DTG or direct to garment printing when you're doing clothes. So uh, the reason I bring this up is because DTG, so that the ink doesn't soak into the t-shirt so you don't have dulled colors. You want that kind of bright, vibrant color. Uh, they basically use a layer base coat of white on top of the t-shirt, then they print the image on top of the white. So keep that in mind because you cannot use any opacity in your designs. Now, this might be confusing for people to start out. Uh, if you've watched my YouTube channel before, you'll see how I use, you know, opacity on like my highlights layer or my shadows layer. And that's fine. That's not what I'm talking about because those are cool to use because you've got still that base color layer. So those are sitting on top of there. Once you save that thing, it's a flat layer anyways, and there's no opacity. What I'm talking about is let's say you do like a design and it's a, like a galaxy design and you've got kind of the, the swirl 
symbols and the, the stars in the background. And you don't want it to print out as just a solid square. So you kind of go through and you kind of airbrush eraser out kind of those edges. So you've got this opacity that kind of just makes the t-shirt look like it's flowing into the design. That's not going to work on DTG because like I said, they're going to lay that base color of white down. So any of those areas with the opacity is just going to be that white and it's going to look like absolute trash. So definitely keep that in mind. Uh, and then one of the other things too, is just make sure whatever you're doing for DTG, use a super high res canvas merch they have one size that you can use for t-shirts it's different once you go to like the sweatshirts and stuff but the the main t-shirt size is 4500 by 5400 pixel canvas at 300 dpi so really big canvas make sure that you're making every your all your stuff super big i know redbubble and t public and some of the other ones they don't have that strict it has to be these exact dimensions so you can get away with like moving stuff around and, and using different size canvases but merch is just that one canvas so keep that in mind and then the also the other thing i get a lot of questions of is uh you know what color profile should i use i know these are being sent to a printer so should i use the cmyk because that's the type of printer it's going to be using uh unfortunately all these sites require you to upload a design with a transparent background so it's going to be a png or a ping file and png or ping does not save in the cmyk profile it saves in the rgb srgb so it doesn't matter if you you know make it in cmyk as soon as you save it to the the png or the ping it's going to be rgb and these places that do the direct to garment printing the printers are already set up to kind of adjust the co color profile as it prints to kind of make up for that RGB going into the CMYK. So you're good there. You don't have to worry about it. Don't overthink it. Everything that I've ordered over the years from different suppliers on print on demand has just been fantastic. The colors have been spot on, like super bright and vibrant and just works really, really well. So don't overthink it. Uh, but that's it for today's episode. Like I said, stay tuned for next week. Next Monday is going to be all about KDP Kindle Direct Publishing. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Just want to thank you for listening. Hopefully you gained some valuable information that you can apply to your own art business. If you want to check me out online, here's where you can find me. And I'll go ahead and link all these in the show notes as well. So I've got a YouTube channel called Let's Draw with BJ Dell, where I post drawing tutorials and digital art how-to videos. If you want to hop on over there, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so you can get notified when I post new videos. My website is bjdell.com. You can check out some of my artwork over there. Plus, there's a contact form where you can send me any questions or suggestions for future episodes of the podcast. On Instagram and Twitter, I'm at bjdell. And last but not least, I have a private group for artists over on Facebook called Keep Creating a Learn, Draw, Share Art Community, where you can share your art, get feedback, and just meet some really cool, supportive people. So really want you guys to be a part of that as well, too. So hop on over there and join the group. Once again, thanks for listening. And if you could do me a favor and leave a review for the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and definitely share it with a fellow artist if you think they would enjoy it. So that's it for me. And until next time, keep creating.